0: what's going on everybody iron bowl week is upon us and this is episode 13 of pat's interference this episode we discuss everything from derrick henry possibly winning the heisman trophy to les miles possibly leaving lsu we'll get all that and more packed into this episode this is pat's interference
1: Hello and happy Thanksgiving week. We love you so much, you Patsies. That's the name we came up for you guys. Alright, you're listening to Pats Interference, episode 13. It's Iron Bowl week, 11-24, November 24th is when we're sitting here. I am Patrick Brickman.
0: And I am Patrick Nord. How's it going, everybody? Patsies! I like
1: that. Patsies, you like it? I, I, I just do. came up with it you know, right at now. At first
0: I was like, oh, that's, that's got a little weird. I don't know if I like that, you know, but I do.
1: I do. I think It's Patsies quick, it's short. It. Patsies. That's so good. thank you to all of our Patsies, our new Patsies, our former Patsies. Any Patsy that's listening, you're now a listener. You're now a Patsy. All right. So we got a good week ahead of us. Iron Bowl week, uh, huge week, especially rivalry week all over college football. You guys are going to want to tune into our Facebook this week. Uh, a little disclosure. I got, uh, you know. The powers that be have given me media passes at the sideline of the Iron Bowl. So I will be putting sideline picks of the Woo! Iron Bowl on our Facebook. Where else are you going to get that?
0: We're moving up in the world, man. People are moving starting up. to trust us with responsibilities. We need to become adults soon.
1: We are, we are going to be big adults. Big men. Big strong men now. All right. Not so today, though. we got a podcast us- to do. On Facebook, at Pats Interference, just the way it sounds. Apostrophe S with the Pats. Interference. It's a play on words. You'll get there. Uh, PI underscore podcast. They'll be going on Twitter as well. So follow us at PI underscore podcast or check out PatsInterference.com. Tyler will be taking over that
0: Tyler, one. Tyler doing great work with that website. If you haven't seen really it, it look sharp. Uh, Thank you for that. We're also on iTunes.
1: <laughs> also we on slacking. iTunes.
0: So if you get lazy and you just want to search iTunes, it's right on your phone. If you've got an iPhone, you can just. Hit the button, your home screen. Uh, It's an app. It's one of the pre-downloaded ones that they make you get and all that crap. But uh, it is, uh, you know, the podcast button. You tap on the button. You search Pat's Interference, and all of our episodes are right there. Any episodes that you want to hear that you can't right now, uh, they're not gone forever. They're just archived. So if you want any of those, please let us know. Uh, Let us know. We're we're working on getting them somewhere. But we'll figure that out later. Uh, right now, it's Iron Bowl week. But Patrick, we got to talk real quick about the Charleston Southern game. Alabama yeah. big a, winner. It
1: almost that game almost feels like a blip on that college radar screen. Like, and when they were showing, re, they showed highlights of it this weekend on all the little formats. But it was all like real quick. Like, hey, Cyrus scored. Yeah. By the way, guys, today. But yeah. the other games happened more important games. But fifty-six we talk to about
0: six. It anyway, uh, Alabama winning big. Uh, twos came in. Oh, I'd say start of the uh, start of the second half. Uh, yeah, major ones left uh, right around the beginning. Toward or the end of, of the
1: first half. Yeah, really.
0: right, right. I was gonna say towards the middle of the second quarter. Um, you know, so th- it was a a good game, well thought game. Uh, good to come out and you know not really have that hangover. Two big wins against LSU and Mississippi State, respectively. Uh,
1: probably probably uh, the, the biggest positive from the game. There was no tin horn here. No, no tin horn in this game.
0: No tin horn whatsoever. If you don't know <laughs> what we're talking about, please go listen to Nick Saban's press conference from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Cyrus Jones, someone that, Patrick, you know. I, I, I love Cyrus Jones this season. He's a boy. Think, he's your boy. I think he's a huge, huge part of this team this season. He plays with a chip on his shoulder, and he really embodies what I think uh, the sort of playing your role and knowing your role on the team mentality so to have him get two punt returns for touchdowns uh this past saturday and also have a really really nice uh heads up play on defense picking off an option pitch that was just that was really nice to see uh like what i'm seeing from cyrus Jones. can't look too far into it because like we said it's charleston southern but patrick what did you see uh from the offensive side of the ball that you appreciated or that maybe just caught your eye a little bit
1: well, one thing I like from the whole team, Cyrus included, offense included, defense included, was uh, you look, it looked like a team... Um, I guess I'm kind of taking this phrase from Twitter, but it's, it's it rings true in my mind. I don't remember who said it. it. It looked like a team that has tunnel vision to a final goal, which is good, because we've seen a lot of years we've come out and played these, what some people call cupcake teams, but we've played on inspiring them. This was an inspiring victory, uh, so... Specifically, the main thing that we were looking at this week on offense was the running backs. Uh, really two storylines there. One, Henry, possibly leading the Heisman race. A lot of people have him at number one. What was he going to do? I think he came out and did just enough. Nine carries, 68 yards, two touchdowns. You really weren't going to ask for too much more than that from him. Just He wasn't going to carry it. They don't want him no. to get injured. I don't, he's not going to be penalized for that game, especially since he did... Scored two touchdowns and tie, by the way, Trent Richardson's single-season rushing record. One more touchdown, he'll be the uh, sole leader of that. The other thing that not the whole nation was looking at, but specifically Alabama fans, was after Kenyon Drake went down, obviously now the battle, the, if there was one in this game, for the running back two spot. You had Harris and Scarborough, both got um, a couple carries, both scored a touchdown. Really, the eye test, there's a little bit of a de- Debate there. There's a little bit of debate there with the eye test from a lot of people who played better, Harris or Scarborough. Uh, I guess we'll both take our pick, but I think both of us are kind of in agreement that just with the eye test, we like Scarborough more.
0: I, I do. And, you know, the reason I do. But it's
1: close. It's, it's, cl- it it's very close. close. It
0: is close. And I didn't really I was not able to watch a game live on Saturday, unfortunately. Uh, but I, 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 I was at work, but I did see a replay Uh, Damian Harris ran a lot better than I thought he would. From the little that I'd seen from him this season, Patrick, I wasn't terribly impressed. I wasn't disappointed, but it just wasn't jumping off the page at me. Um, He
1: didn't bounce off like Yeldon did his rookie.
0: Exactly, uh, exactly. But the play that I did see live, one of the few that I did see live, was Bo Scarborough's touchdown, where he (laughs) barreled over a lineman uh like it was nothing um and he's just a freak uh and i think that's what i've kind of come accustomed to seeing in alabama maybe that's one of the reasons well, why i don't think too highly of pj yeldon because <laughs> uh, he's just not he doesn't have that body type but he was still that a great eye running that guy.
1: eye test that that th- full disclosure when i was when i knew that henry was out and i was trying to decide whether or not harris or scarborough was in I wasn't looking at their number. I was looking. All right, there's either the smaller guy or the guy that looks yes. like it's Derek. Henry.
0: And then there's the smallest guy, Xavier Marks, who is who is my height. <laughs> He's quick. He you is know, he my quick. height and thirty pounds good to see him get a couple than
1: carries me.
0: I could have played college but... football for Alabama, Patrick. That's just what that tells me.
1: Uh, You're not as fast as Marks.
0: Stop it! You don't know how fast <laughs> I am.
1: You're super fast. My, my uh, forty so... times
0: only like two minutes now. Um.
1: But, no, but and I don't know who won the battle, honestly. I don't, I don't the think two, we, de- we necessarily
0: had a clear winner, Patrick. I don't think we're going to till next fall. I don't even think it's going to take spring practice. Uh, well, who
1: gets the second carry against Auburn? That's the main question. Uh, you want to know who I think it's going to be? I think it's going to be Harris just because he has a little bit more experience and Scarborough's coming off a knee injury.
0: I'm going to say a name that's going to surprise you. I think it's going to be Kenyon Drake. Video showing up yesterday. Kenyon Drake practiced with the team, wearing a long sleeve on that arm that was fractured, uh, but did show practice. I mean, it was not in a black no-contact jersey. Uh, he was just running a couple of drills here and there, but Patrick looked healthy, looked, uh, I mean, where he was. Derek Henry. So you would...
1: think he plays? I do. Four days from now.
0: I, I think he could. I think if it absolutely, if for some reason he is absolutely it, needs to play, he could.
1: This isn't like a linebacker where you just throw a cast on him and, and make sure you pat it up real good, and he can still make tackles. If you got an arm that's in a cast, you got to carry the ball with that arm.
0: I didn't a so, cast.
1: If he does not wear a cast, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that would I, that I, would be the dude is astounding. The, how quickly you know and strong, he was able to come back from the ankle injury. So, I yeah. Yeah, I didn't think we'd ever
0: see him in a crimson jersey again after that Ole Miss game last year when he broke his ankle, but no, he was in a practice uniform. Like I said, I I think that Kenyon Drake could play this week. If not this week, then then definitely the SEC championship. Uh, Yeah,
1: he's supposed to be back before. It was a three to four week timetable, and it'll be two weeks to the day on Saturday, so he'd be a week. It's not like he's, you know, uh, uh, medical miracle, but it would be
0: surprising. It would be surprising. Patrick, anything else we need to mention? I, I'm going to mention one more thing. I'm going to mention uh, Jake Coker, 11 for 13, 155 yards and two touchdowns, throwing a lot of balls on Saturday that were only catchable by his receivers, and that's something that I the appreciated one, yeah, a lot. The
1: one, the one pass to Ridley was – I hate on that it happened the in the Charleston Southern game because that was probably his best throw of the year. He was the money. rolling out. He hit him right in the, 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 the bread basket, as they call it. Um, Mulaney real quick. Got to give you props, man. Sweet catching.
0: Unbelievable. End Unbelievable. Sweet catch in the end. Did zone. not think it was getting the, the one foot
1: down. They called it incomplete on the field. Went back, reviewed it. I knew when it happened live, that it was good. So, uh, an inspiring game from the team going into the iron bowl. They weren't looking ahead, but their eye is still in the prize. Now we got to talk about the iron bowl. Like I said, I'm pumped. I'm going to be there on the sideline. I'm a, I'm I've never been on the for sideline you, for an Alabama game.
0: I will be cutting Australian masters highlights.
1: Sweet, can't I'll wait. Be texting you Jordan and if I if I run out of, of Wi-Fi year. service, I'll be texting you pictures and be posting online.: I can't so wait, know.
0: and I, I will do that. I will I will break my attention away momentarily yeah. from the Australian yeah. masters. Uh, but enough
1: about me. Enough about me, enough about me on the sideline. You won't hear me say that again till the end. What kind of game do you expect this weekend?
0: You know, Patrick, Alabama's favored by 13 points. Uh, I think I think they get you there. I it? think this is, yeah. as long as Alabama, uh, and I'm sort of going into our next point, um, as long as Alabama, they don't have to play their A game. This Auburn team is one that is very, very beatable. Uh, and I think execution will be stressed heavily in practice this week and in the warm-ups leading up to the game. Uh, the walkthroughs, I should say. Um, you know, Patrick, I, I expect Auburn to come out with a, a couple of flashy plays Maybe they score within the first couple minutes of uh, you know, of the game on a a, a reverse, a flea us. flicker. Yeah, exactly. You gotta remember two thousand nine. Two thousand nine they came up and put up a fourteen point lead in the first what was it, five, ten minutes of the game. So
1: And then last year they put up quick scores. And
0: I, I think Patrick, what's important is that if that happens Alabama stays focused. They don't lose their composure. It's going to happen, okay? Auburn's going to score. This this world that we've grown accustomed to these past couple of weeks where the other team just doesn't score, that's not going to happen in the Iron Bowl with Auburn playing at Jordan-Hare. I, I, don't, I don't think so.
1: Um, different matchup.
0: Different matchup. Uh, now, it depends on which Jeremy Johnson comes out, because if it's the Jeremy Johnson of beginning-slash-middle of the season, they may only score once or twice.
1: They're talking about doing a two-quarterback system this weekend, which... I really hope they do.
0: I do too. I, I, I <laughs> that would that would be. Great. I think Reggie Ragland could break Sean White in half, and I think Jeremy Johnson does not have the football IQ to stay in the pocket and pick apart the defensive backs. So he's going to try and try and run on the front seven, and I I don't think that's going to work out too well for him. But you know, Patrick, we'll see. It's the Iron Bowl. I don't have to tell you this. You can never tell what happens in this game. But I will. Ask Auburn
1: can you, win this game. Auburn can win. What do will... they
0: have to do? What does Auburn have okay. to do to win?
1: Well. It's no secret that Auburn's biggest weakness plays into our what should be and usually is our biggest strength. Running the football, and they struggle against the run. You saw what Leonard Fournette did against them. The way they can win the game is get a couple early, because we are terrible with negative plays. Uh, One of the worst teams in the SEC with going negative on our own off. Going into like the LSU or Mississippi State game, I think they said that for as great as our defense is, our offenses had more negative plays than our defense has caused. That blew me away. Mm. So if Auburn could get some early scores, and uh, and 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 they're able on defense to, um, and this is a, this is a whole like list of things that need to go right that will put Auburn in this game. So they get a couple early scores, which forces us to throw the ball a little bit. Their defense is able to stop Henry backwards a couple times, uh, keep him contained, and we have to start looking at Coker a little bit to do some stuff. That's that's our weak link. If they can pressure Coker cuz Carl Lawson and, uh, and and Casanova McKenzie and these dudes they're good. They're not great against the run. Uh, Lawson is Lawson's good at everything, but they can get after the pass. They're good. They can. They create pressure, especially Lawson. Lawson can be a one-man wrecking crew, and we've seen him do it before. We saw him do it against Texas A&M. So Very if talented. he is able, yep. if he is able to get Coker out of his game and we they make us one-dimensional, that's how we'll be going into the fourth quarter with a close game.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then yeah.
1: you know how Auburn can pull those things out. So, yeah,
0: well, it, you know, I, I don't see that happening this game. We're going That's use our my Mad Hatter strategy second.
1: is how Auburn can win. If I, I had to, y- Yeah. you know, puppeteer a, a scenario, that's, that's the scenario.
0: I, I don't think Auburn can win this game. I think what Alabama has to do, like I said earlier, is just stick to the basics. You don't have to play your best game this game. You just have to play good enough. They can't go in with that mentality – but if that yeah. starts to happen, don't freak out that you're not executing every single play exactly perfect. And don't freak out if you get down by a couple scores. I don't I don't predict that happening. I'm just saying if it does, I see Alabama losing in that way. They get down by yes. 14, 17, and they throw their hands up and say this one's over. It's never over, especially with Auburn.
1: We've seen weirder losses in college football. We have. Never, that's obvious. I mean –
0: All this being said, Auburn's a
1: bowl-eligible team, and a bowl-eligible team can beat anybody at home. Who knows? Football is weird like that. Every sport is weird like that, except the Warriors. Nobody beats the Warriors, and nobody loses to the 76ers, apparently. Anyway, uh, so key players in the game, who
0: do you got? I've got Jake Coker. We say it all the time. Every time this question's been brought up this season, I think I've said Jake Coker, and I'll say it again. If he can have a good—like I said, doesn't have to have a perfect game. If he can manage the game, keep calm, and sort of just play decent enough, let Derrick Henry do Derrick Henry things, Alabama will win this game. I don't think anyone is expecting him to go out and blow the doors off Auburn. Don't get me wrong. If he does, that's great. But I'm hoping we don't even throw the ball that much with this Auburn run defense. Uh, Patrick, who is your key to the game?
1: my key player is going to be our vocal leader on defense because if we're, like I said, if we can just defensively, we've been great. We've been great defensively for the last uh, 10 weeks now. So if we can just limit Auburn having big plays, I don't think Auburn's going to beat us on 10 play, 12, 13, 15 play drives. That's not their game. If they – Score on us is going to be big plays, so I'm going to give us our vocal leader on defense, Reggie Ragland. I was going to give us a, I was going to maybe go Allen on the line or maybe go Eddie Jackson in the secondary. I decided to go right there in the middle, the guy that kind of controls everything. If he can keep the defense down, Auburn crowd's going to be into it. If he can keep us focused, uh, we should be able to limit those big plays that Auburn can pull off. I think so, that's
0: something that I think that's a key word that you just mentioned too. Focused, gotta stay with this game. Be where your feet are. I don't see that being a problem in the Iron Bowl, but I've all, I've said that you know, time and time again, and Alabama's been beat because of it. They look ahead. 2010, I have to tell
1: 2013, you or yeah, 2010 and 2013 will always make the skeptical.
0: Couldn't finish game.
1: Not skeptical. Just anything can happen.
0: Couldn't finish the game. Yeah. All right, Patrick. Let's move on a little bit. Uh, let's let's move to around the nation. Uh, yes. Take off our Alabama hats. Let's let's put on yes! our NCAA objective hats.
1: Ooh, I've been waiting for this all weekend.
0: Please say these words that I know you're about to say and that are about to make me so, so happy,
1: Patrick. Ohio
0: State goes down, baby. Down. It
1: was so nice.
0: Windmills for we, days.
1: We've been there. Windmills for days. That's what she texts me. Windmill regarding to uh, Michigan State's kicker's if you legendary if it, celebration. Okay,
0: Patsies. if you have not seen Michigan State's kicker celebration, it's one of the greatest celebrations in college football history that I can think of. Uh, it was awesome. A good 32 windmill arm pumps down the sideline uh, running Not to... to mention
1: this dude's been struggling this year. This is like Adam, beginning of the season, Adam Griffith kicking a game winner against the number—or defending national champ. It's huge. Okay, so I've been waiting for this. I want to talk about that Ohio State game. We're out. If you're listening to this, you're probably an Alabama fan or, you know, an Alabama fan and Alabama fans know about teams that get used to success and they just, 2010 was one of them. We lost three games. I feel like Ohio state was pushing that boundary. Um, Most athletic team on the field and probably in college football compared to anybody. And then they went out. It was a 17-14 final, Patrick. That game was not a 17-14 final no. if, we, if you're looking at how close it actually was played on the field. Michigan State dominated Ohio State. And I'm talking, they should have, If I don't know if you saw the first half, Michigan State guy went to field. I, I watched uh, most of the first half and every snap of the second half. Um, if you look, I'm gonna go on for a while about this, but there was one play where where the Michigan State guy muffed a pun and gave Ohio State a, the ball on, on like the seven. They got a little jump pass touchdown. If it wasn't for that, it wouldn't have even been close. I don't know what Ohio State was thinking coming into this game, and I will start off credit to Michigan State because they've got a great defense. Yeah. Uh, they've that's that's their they are a defensive minded program like we are. So. Huge game for that defense, but man, that was—we've been harping on Lane Kiffin all year. That was the worst play calling I have ever seen on the college football stage. It was
0: bad. It was really easily bad
1: because you're talking about the defending national champions with JT barrett last year's Player of the Year, and then you've got Ezekiel Elliott, who is one of the top three running backs in the nation. You got Braxton Miller. And uh, what's his name? Thomas at wide receiver. You have a dynamic offense. Yep. And 12 carries for Elliott compared to, to Barrett's 14. 15, they had five right? first downs. Didn't you have 15? Game. Maybe 15. Elliott had two rushes in the second half. Yep. There was one possession. And like I said, I watched a couple plays in the first half. And then uh, once I saw the game was close, I put split-screen Alabama and Ohio State on the TV. So I watched every play of that second half. There was one, I think it was the third quarter, maybe the early fourth quarter, one possession where, and Ohio State was playing not to lose this game. There was one possession where Ohio State did a quarterback draw with Barrett three plays in a row, got about six or seven yards and punted. And they, everybody knew it was coming. What's Okay, hold on. Hold on. What's What's their offensive coordinator's name? Uh, It's escaping me. I've known it all week waiting for this. I'll just type it in real quick. While you're doing
0: that, I want to mention that Ohio State had five first downs total. Five first
1: downs. Tom Herman. Tom Herman. Sorry. Came from came from uh, from Nebraska last year, which nobody knew why that happened. But anyway, (laughs) anyway, um, he was not great at Nebraska. So it was awful. And then, just to see the little dude kick the field goal, uh, probably knocking Ohio State out of the playoff this late in the season.
0: Win meals for days.
1: When there's two guys, when there's two dudes in their conference, two dudes, two teams in their conference now ahead of them in Iowa and Michigan State. If you had told me at the beginning of the year that Michigan was going to be favored over Ohio State... I would have said you're crazy, and they are favorite in this game.
0: Patrick, my favorite thing about this is you haven't even oh, mentioned
1: how the turntables.
0: Ezekiel Elliott's comments after the game. I don't think I I've ever heard of a running back in the NCAA criticizing the coaching staff in that college. heavily. In
1: college. In college. This isn't the NFL where dudes get away with that and they get a little dinky fine. This is college football, and he, he said three huge things in that interview. He said, <laughs> the coaches let us down, the play calling was terrible, and it sucks because I'm not coming back next year.
0: Yeah. Two players after that game quit. Urban Meyer had two players quit after that game.
1: You can call it quitting. I mean, they're going to make millions of dollars. but
0: I call it quitting. When the season's not over and you're already saying I'm not going to be back, you've checked yes. out.
1: you've checked out.
0: That's like that's like I, being in a relationship with a girl, looking at another girl and saying, you know what, that's my next one.
1: And then I like how Elliot came out with tweets and said – you know, he tried to to backtrack a little bit. He said, I'm sorry if I offended anyone, for anyone I offended. So he's not saying – and then at the end, he, he went on this whole thing, you know, it was in the heat of the moment. Um, I was emotional. I still love my school. This was our loss, our team. But then at the end, he signed off – I still don't regret what I said,
0: though. I don't agree with him saying it. I don't think that's right. Or actually, I'm not sure that I disagree with him saying it. I'm not sure I say it to the media. That's, no. if, if that's an issue, you say it to your coaching staff. You guys let us down. You didn't put me in a position to win. And for that reason, I'm leaving. That's fine. If you say that behind closed doors, that's fine. I totally get that. But you don't say it to the media talking at your coaching staff, Patrick.
1: No, he shouldn't. He's too young, but I still think that what he said was right. Not that he should have said it, but yeah, boy, was he right.
0: Yeah. No, I agree with you. Let's move on. Uh, I watched every snap because I'm uh, you and I both live in Florida, but uh, I watched every snap of the Florida FAU game because uh, I work with a lot of Florida fans. Oh, my word, Patrick. This is the representative of the SEC East, and they had to take the Owls to SEC overtime East to win.
1: is awful this year. Awful. But just... Because before you even get into that, he had South Carolina losing to Citadel and Georgia almost losing to Georgia Southern.
0: I didn't even know. These... I didn't even know about the Georgia game till nine o'clock Saturday night because I was so focused. Patrick, I don't think you realize this: the SEC East it was never really a powerhouse, but the team who came out of the SEC East up until about 2012, when Alabama beat Georgia, was a powerhouse. I mean they. The, the I mean. The teams, even when South Carolina beat or lost to Cam Newton, that team was solid.
1: Team was great.
0: That team was solid. We beat us that year.
1: Beat us pretty bad.
0: So, Patrick, I, I just, I, I want to know what's going on in the SEC East. I, I just, I, it's, it's baffling to me. It, it really it's is. It's a
1: conference where Florida was not supposed to be the team.
0: Patrick, and, you and I both had Florida finishing third in the SEC East this year.
1: Yes we did. Yes we did. It was a team and, and and Tennessee was a letdown.
0: Georgia was the South biggest Carolina letdown.
1: was don't even they weren't they were beyond a letdown. They were they were abysmal. And Georgia just they lost Nick they lost to us and they lost Nick Chubb on the first play of the next game and their season derailed. So you had a bunch of teams who season derailed, allowing this first year head coach with this was not supposed to be Florida's year. And then they lost their quarterback after they'd pretty much already won the East, and yard. And then the rest is Kentucky and Vanderbilt. So,
0: yeah, it's bad.
1: The SEC as a whole looks bad this year because LSU's fallen off. The two best teams in the SEC are Alabama and Ole Miss, and Ole Miss has lost some really questionable games. And then Ole Miss beat us, so the SEC looks bad.
0: There's people who uh, are still saying that Alabama should not be in the college football playoff because of their loss to Ole Miss.
1: And they have arguments, not strong ones, but honestly, I hear them. I don't go, well, you're – no, that's not valid. Because honestly, I hear them, but I still, you know, you got to realize that the uh, committee doesn't look at all that as much as we do. They look at how the team is playing today, November 24th.
0: Exactly. All right, Patrick, the Heisman race. Give me two players. Last week we said there's a lot of November left. Give me two players right now who you think are going to be the top 2 give me your 1 and 2 in the heisman
1: i'm going to go i'm going to go henry and deshaun watson because he'll be undefeated uh, mayfield if mayfield he's hurt right now concussion right
0: yes he he will play on saturday if he plays saturday. and
1: wins he'll pass watson but if you're asking me today to make a decision first of all i'm going to go henry cuz I think you're gonna say Henry too, and most people will. And then Watson was my preseason pick, so I'll stand by that.
0: I'm gonna say Henry and Watson was your preseason pick, and I made fun of you for picking Clemson to even make it this far, but then again you picked you met you laughed at me when I said Notre Dame, so or even Stevens.
1: I did, I sure did.
0: I you know obviously it's Henry. Henry's my one. My two it's between Mayfield and McCaffrey at this point. I think people are desperate to give the award to someone not from Alabama. Simply because people are tired of Alabama, and I don't really blame them. If I weren't an Alabama fan, I'd be tired of us too. But we're good, and we're not going anywhere. So you might as well just get used to it. I I, I really do think it's it's who plays out. They're playing right now for the number two spot, and then if Derrick Henry fumbles four or five times uh, against Auburn,
1: it's Henry's to lose. I think I, it is. I think it is. Two I strong games, and it's his. It. Like, two I strong think games unless, left in the unless year, unless Patrick.
0: Is. Don't – I've got to remind you this every week. Don't forget about Robert Griffin III. Was not really in contention until the beginning of November. Then a couple games, he plays great, and all of a sudden he's the favorite,
1: and then he wins it. So – Robert Griffin III beat the preseason number one team at a night game on the biggest stage with huge highlight plays. I just don't think McCaffrey, even if they beat Notre Dame, has that – he's going to have that kind of staying power. That Robert And Robert Griffin – did get – you forget this, but he got off to a really fast start for the season too. He started off in the Heisman race. Baylor lost a game. He went away for a couple weeks. Then he came back because he beat some really good teams at the end of the year.
0: I wasn't even he talking about McCaffrey. Right now games. I'm talking
1: about Mayfield when I'm talking about <laughs> taking <laughs> over in November. Mayfield is the – yes, Mayfield is the other guy. Sorry. Mayfield is the guy where I'm like, yeah, okay, if, if anybody's going to steal it from Henry, it's going to be Mayfield.
0: Patrick, let's talk rest of the season rankings. And as far as the rankings are concerned, rankings released tonight by the College Football yeah. Committee. So give
1: it. I I think the top eight are really the the ones with striking.
0: I power. agree. With so read right off those top so eight. here we are. We got Clemson, Bama, Oklahoma, Iowa, Michigan State, Notre Dame, Baylor, Ohio State. Patrick, fall, fall out of eight. those teams, tell me who's legitimate. Who is going? Uh, not necessarily who's going to be in the college football playoff who has the best Who, which four teams have the best argument right now
1: okay so it's i think baylor ohio state sorry your season's over have fun in your i agree late season bowl um unfortunately you guys lost too late in the year and uh other teams are looking better than you okay so i think it's really the top six you're looking at and here's where the argument starts if clemson bama Oklahoma went out, and they're top three now. You're looking at Iowa-Michigan State. I think they gave Iowa number four today just because they're undefeated, and they know that them and Michigan State are going to cancel each other out. Right. right. Unless Michigan State loses to Penn State and then chaos ensues, they're going to cancel each other out in two weeks. Right. So then you're looking at the argument between Oklahoma and Notre Dame. This is going to be last year's Ohio State versus TCU versus Baylor, because Notre Dame— Beat Texas 38-3, to three and their only loss is to number one Clemson by two points on the road. Yep. And then you got Oklahoma, who's looked really, really good of, of, over the last eight weeks, and just beat an undefeated team. But, but they lost to Texas.
0: And looked bad doing it. That's the thing, Patrick. Un- they didn't just lose to Texas. They got, I mean, obliterated by Texas in that fourth quarter.
1: Yes, Patrick, I don't – you know, I, I, here's, I, here's If my... I was on the committee today, I'm giving it to Notre Dame. Not a lot of – not not I everyone agree. agrees with me there, but
0: – Here's, here's what I, I'm I saying. I just
1: said they are looking at how they're playing today, but you also, they do also kind of balance that with the win-loss. Like, even if – because Ole Miss has lost three games, but they're playing like a top-five team right now.
0: The conference champion of the Big Ten is going to be the number three team. It needs to be. So then the battle is not for – the 4 spot. I don't understand this ranking tonight. Here's yeah. my problem with the ranking tonight. You've got Oklahoma at three, and that's fine.
1: They're going to have five or six. Well, hold on. Iowa, hold on listen, listen jump now, Just because they beat a top-five team.
0: Listen. You've got Clemson, Bama, Oklahoma at three, then Iowa and Michigan State battling it out for fourth. That doesn't make sense. Go ahead and put whoever, which I don't care if you put Iowa or Michigan State third, but Oklahoma is, in my opinion— the way that you see the fourth-place team, that's the team that you are you just barely got in. Think of Ohio State last year. They were the fourth-place team. That was the committee saying, you guys just barely got in by the skin of your teeth. So which of these teams is barely getting in by the skin of their teeth? I think, like you said, we can knock off Baylor and Ohio State. I think you take the winner. So right now, my four going into the playoff, and what I think it should be and what I think it will be, is Clemson 1. Bama too. Unless one of those teams loses, God forbid we lose. Uh, number three is your Big Ten champion because how are you going to put Oklahoma over a conference champion? That's my yes. that's my issue with this too. Is we don't these two teams that we're talking about right now don't play a conference championship. One of them's not please even in a conference. Fix
1: that, please fix that. Notre Dame join the ACC already. Oklahoma play a conference championship. They will next Jeez. year. Big Twelve is moving to a conference. They championship will. Next they year. will. They will. It's 2015, But though. that's what Notre about Dame about this ranking, get it together. Patrick,
0: is, is that you're not – now you're battling over the number three spot instead of the number four spot. It doesn't make sense to me. So, like I said, it's going to be one Clemson, two Alabama, three Big Ten champion, four Oklahoma or Notre Dame, and I've got to give the nod to Notre Dame. They've lost two quarterbacks and their star receiver, Patrick. How can you not give them the they're nod? They're still
1: winning. They struggled a little bit against – Boston College. Boston College has a good defense, though.
0: Boston College College has a stout defense, defense, and that game was played at Fenway Park, which is a cool, like that's an awesome venue. I don't know if you've ever been to Fenway Park. I went a couple summers ago, and I loved it. It's a weird place to play a football game. I can't. I've been
1: there on Fallout Four.
0: I can't imagine that Notre Dame playing that game at home doesn't win by more.
1: Yeah, I think the neutral
0: site hurt them there. You're right. Explain this to me, though. Side note. How was Notre Dame considered the home team in that game when the game's being played in Boston? I don't know because did you see the way that field was? It was Notre Dame fighting Irish on both end zones. There was no Boston
1: College anywhere. Because we we I don't know because things are weird. We we spelled debt with a B. You know that's a great point. Who knows?
0: <laughs> I can't <laughs> we, argue
1: on that. You know.
0: Yeah. So, uh, Alabama controls... The
1: PH makes an F sound.
0: Alabama and Clemson control their own destiny.
1: Yeah. At the end of the day, the thing that matters to us Alabama people is that we, you know, we win, we just keep winning, we just keep winning. Another
0: side note, I'm a hypocrite because I just said it, I hate the term controlling your own destiny. If it's destiny, you don't control it. (laughs) Sorry. That's a mini sound off, but, uh... Alright, Patrick, let's move into the other big headline from this week. Uh... You and I are both entertained by this man. Uh, we we love him. genuinely like him. I'll be sad to see him go because I think he's leaving Les Miles, Patrick. Uh, had a press conference the other day. A lot of rumors circulating. The press conference wasn't really definitive and wasn't really telling as to what's going on over at LSU. But what a lot of people are hearing is that the boosters have agreed to buy out Les Miles' contract to get a new coach in. Les Miles, 110 wins, 32 losses in his time at LSU. He currently holds the number one recruiting class in the nation, but yet one season where they think you underproduce and they nix you. What do you think of this, Patrick?
1: Well, okay, so the argument is they won a national championship, was it, 2006, 2007? 2007,
0: and then went to another one in 2011.
1: Yes, so... He's, he hasn't won a national championship since 2007, and LSU thinks they have higher. They can, they're allowed to. They're allowed to have higher aspirations than that. The dude has won 10 games basically every year except last year. He won eight and five, but before that, 10 and three, 10 and three. But they're looking at the loss column, so they go, "We got three losses this year, five last year, three losses the year, three losses the year before." Since he's been here, we've only had one season that we can throw the ball, and that's Mettenberger. Mettenberger throwing to. Jarvis Landry, and Odell Beckham. And that year we lost three games still. So they don't like the offense. They think that he's not um, he, they think he's not adapting to – and I'm going off of a Reddit thread here. Very beautifully written, by the way. Um, sure. Uh, it was – I mean, Reddit has it some does. great content. No, it,
0: absolutely so you guys does. Know.
1: it has some great content. And then they say that they look at Les Miles as a guy that is refusing to adapt to the modern – college game they looked at Nick Saban they said what is our arch rival Nick Saban doing well he went out and got Lane Kiffin he saw that his offense wasn't going to have staying power anymore and he went and he adapted Les Miles is not doing that so they're tired of it I think he's a top 10
0: I think he's a top five coach
1: unless you unless you have your home run guy with a with an ink pen in his hand saying yeah man I'm, I'm on board you don't, you don't even let these rumors get out. But they're having the meeting, and then and, and Joe Shad, and all the guys are getting inside scoops on it. And now you're looking at a situation where everybody's talking about it. Dude, here's, here's the problem you run into. You look at Miami when they fired Larry Coker. You look at... Uh, Nebraska. Uh, Nebraska, firing Pelini. Nebraska. Ne-
0: Nebraska firing Polini.
1: Nebraska. Nebraska firing Polini. And you're looking at uh, T- Texas... Getting rid of Mac Brown. Mac Brown had a – I mean, Mac Brown, some people thought he should go. Some people thought he shouldn't. But you (laughs) – shut up, Duncan. That's my dog, if you hear him barking. He just – he gets angry at night. Uh, It's a vampire dog. (laughs) Anyway, um, where was I? So the thing you run – got a coach that's consistently churning out nine, ten win seasons, and you're in the discussion. You're bringing in recruiting classes – your next guy, there's not a lot of upside. Where's the upside from there? Where's the upside from ten wins? Because ten wins goes to eleven wins, which goes to a national championship. I think that, I think it, I think it's unfair to judge a
0: coach on winning national championships because you like because it's so hard, it's so rare. Sit here and tell me if a coach makes it to three national championships in a row, that he's going to get fired. If he loses, if he goes zero three and makes it to three in a row, you're not going to fire the guy. It's a national championship. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. If you don't believe me, go rewatch the 2005 national championship when everybody knew that USC was going to beat Texas. Everyone knew it. There was no question. There was no way Vince Young was going to be able to turn on the Jets and beat USC's defense. But he did. And that's football. And I'm sorry, but to sit here and rip a coach for a three-loss season and actually, Patrick... The most By interesting the way, thing to me, next
1: year is supposed to be their year anyway. Yeah.
0: The most interesting thing to me, Patrick, was the first statistic that ESPN shows. Because I, I, I watched, you and I both watch TV in a very different way than most people watch TV because we work in TV. The first graphic that they threw up for Les Miles, I'm not sure if you saw this, during his press conference, 5-7 record against Alabama. If you're comparing... How you do, and this is me being totally objective, I know I'm a graduate, I know I'm a fan. If you were comparing the way your coach performs against Alabama in the past 10 years, I'm sorry, 12 years, I guess, 5 and 7, but well, no, because national championships, so actually like 11 years, whatever. If you're judging your coach based on how he played against Alabama, every single coach in the SEC should be fired. It's not fair.
1: Let's not forget: is 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 after the game of the century, he was five and three against Alabama. Yeah. Well, sorry. Like,
0: you know, I, yeah. I it's just it's not a, it's not a fair way to look at it. It really isn't because we're a dynasty. You're not you're not going to go out so and compare you, Miami's coach and three years to
1: Bill Belichick.
0: That's the best analogy I think I can so
1: make. So you you go out. So like I said, ten wins is that if that's your bar, if that's what you're not if that if ten and three is your non-successful season, your reason for firing a guy, then you're looking at you're bringing in another guy. There's no upside there. So your next guy doesn't even get to ten wins. So now a new bar's been set. Now you got to fix this. Now he's only getting seven, eight wins. Now you're bringing a guy. It's, you just get into the cycle, now you're one of those teams that can't decide Subition on a vicious cycle. LSU has their coach. They have that guy. Yeah. Les Miles is a great coach.
0: All right, Patrick, let me ask you a question. He brings energy. There's not a better option. You and I pretty much agree with that.
1: Not out there, no.
0: If they were to fire Miles, which it looks like they're going to, who is the best person that they could get right now?
1: The rumors are saying Jimbo Fisher. But I don't buy it.
0: Honestly, someone who comes to mind because you were talking about adapting with the times... Chip Kelly's not exactly excited in Philadelphia right now.
1: Chip Kelly would be a home run hire. Bill O'Brien would be a good hire. Those two Easy. guys are the
0: Bill two guys O'Brien that sell is to not percent. a good college coach. I'm sorry, he's not.
1: But he's a, he's hot, a hot, hot Yeah, I could sure. see. I could see them getting rid of Miles if they think they had O'Brien. If they're unhappy, whatever. Uh, uh,
0: O-B- Bill O'Brien's oh, yeah. system does not work in college. I don't know if you watched Hard Knocks this year. The way he coaches and the way he talks to people does not—it's not conducive for a college environment.
1: He held Penn—he's his credit in college is holding Penn State together after that whole um, thing went down a couple years ago. That's that's his, and you know they had they had good seasons, better they than they're doing now seasons. with O'Brien. They did not have good seasons, fine seasons, not LSU seasons. Well, apparently that, those LSU has been having. Now Jimbo Fisher is the one yeah. they keep mentioning. I'll tell you why I don't buy Jimbo Fisher going. And I'll, you know, I'll say I'm wrong if it ends up happening. Uh, I've been wrong about a million things.
0: I mean, you and I had Auburn finishing second in the SEC West.
1: We sure did. Jimbo Fisher is at FSU. FSU is a destination job. There are destination jobs FSU is wanting them. LSU is a destination job. Alabama, Texas, Georgia, Florida, Miami, eh, Miami Miami-ish, Florida, uh, these are destination jobs because you're in the heart of the South, USC, destination job, great recruiting grounds. So he's built up FSU, and he's not done. I mean, he's, he's, he's built up FSU. He has huge support from his boosters, and they are wonderful to his kid. Um, he's got a kid. He's I forget that it's a really long name of a sickness, but his kid's had some health issues, and they've been great there for him. And they've got a family there, and they've built a whole support group there unless he's just ready for a change of scenery, I can't imagine that he would leave that situation with the rich recruiting ground in the ACC, where his arch-rival is Dabo and Clemson, and go to be at LSU, where his arch-rival is going to be Nick Saban yeah. in Alabama.
0: No, I mean, that's a good point.
1: He could leave. LSU's a great job. Probably FSU a couple of years ago was not no way, no how a better job than LSU. But over the last four seasons, FSU's put themselves up back up there in the top 10.
0: I I think people Uh, are getting tired of Jimbo Fisher at Florida State. and I'm not saying that they're getting so tired where they want him out. I think that they're ready for something new to happen. They're ready for another Jameis Winston.
1: FSU does not want to lose Jimbo Fisher.
0: I I, I never said that. I never said that.
1: Oh, okay. I thought that's what you're saying. I live in Panama City.
0: I I am saying that they're getting tired of sort of not having something new and exciting every single season. Uh, And I know it's only been one season separated from Jameis Winston, but this year they never really put themselves out there as the team to beat in the ACC. It was always survive in advance with Florida state until it wasn't. And now it's just sort of this weird limbo thing where they're, they're just trying to survive. They
1: love their kid Dalvin cook and they think they're going to be back with uh, they've got, because I, 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 have to follow them a lot i grew up an fsu fan i'm in the heart of fsu country they do have two young quarterbacks two five stars deandre francois and malik henry coming in next year that they think their hope is that these guys are the next Jameis winston so they'll have a redshirt freshman and a true freshman that are both uh five yeah. stars so well, yeah i not that that even matters in the less so miles let's say less miles
0: leaves where does he go
1: what did I say? i said georgia I, I
0: can't see him going to Georgia because I can't see Georgia firing Mark Rick.
1: I can, after almost losing to Georgia Southern. Patrick, we, we have this person every Auburn. year and they never fire him. Why would I think they fire him this I year? I know. I know. But every year gets farther and farther removed from 2012, where they were one slip up away from beating Notre Dame because they would have killed They would have slaughtered him.
0: Bakari Rambo and those boys would have killed killed every Golson.
1: So each each passing year gets farther and farther away from that 2012 season where they feel like they were one slip. One slip in the clock running out away from Aaron Murray holding a crystal ball.
0: I think that less miles goes to Miami. Miami's a great job, a big name job. He's a big name guy. It's not like I
1: think he beat USC before he was I, in Miami. I think
0: that he's a guy that, you know, a lot of people and that's a great point, but the reason that I'm saying Miami is because of the recruiting hotbed there. The South Florida, Central Florida hotbed of recruiting, it's huge. And he's one of the best recruiters in the game. I don't have to tell you that. But if he goes to USC, it's the same thing. He's got all those that California Valley recruiting zone. And, you know, You're I right. think he wins a lot of games Once there.
1: Miami gets a good coach, they don't lose those guys. You're right about that recruiting bed. But they haven't had a coach that's keeping those guys. Once Miami has a good coach, Dalvin Cook doesn't go to FSU. Yeah, that's a good point. He stays in Miami where he's from. Devontae Freeman doesn't go to FSU. All these dudes that are choosing FSU out of Miami, that's how Miami – okay. Anyway, it's good. I mean, there's a lot of places Miles could go. Uh, They said they're going to decide his fate after Saturday. I really,
0: really hope he stays. I know he's not going to.
1: They decide his fate after Saturday. I mean –
0: Patrick, I need you to do something –
1: if you think they'll beat Ole Miss, then, or I mean, they just played Ole. If you think they'll beat Texas A and M,
0: uh, no, I don't think. Well, yeah, I think they do beat Texas A and M. I don't think it matters. They've already made up their decision. They've already made their decision. He's gone.
1: Something's burning. I
0: mean, you know, yeah, there is. I, actually, Patrick, what I need you to do, is we're gonna play. We're gonna play a little game, Patrick. <laughs> we're gonna play a little game. Uh, I'm gonna give you two words. I need you to tell me the opposite of those words. Okay. So, for instance, uh, let's say I give you two words. I need the opposite of cold and give. Hot, hot takes. Take. Hot takes time, people. It's Iron Bowl week. I hate Auburn. You hate Auburn. Patrick, give me your three favorite Iron Bowls. Why do you like them? Where were they played? And how did Alabama win? Go.
1: Boom. Okay, so number one, 2011, I was there. It was my first road game as a student in Alabama. Alabama was playing in Auburn. I stayed with a couple friends of mine. It was great. We killed them. Beat him back. D. D- Milner ran a uh, – that was where Trent really tried to win the Heisman. That's where D. Milner took an interception for a touchdown. Great win. Killed him, especially after the 2010 Iron Bowl. 2014, last year at Alabama, Blake Sims, second half comeback, 55-44, highest scoring – Iron Bowl ever. I loved it. It was great to the beginning of the end. And that was the day I got back from my honeymoon. So great day all around for 2014. And then 2012, we scored on our first seven possessions in a row in Bryant-Denny. And then the starters came out. We were up 42-0 at halftime. Starters came back in for the first drive of the second half. Scored another touchdown. Took out the starters. We won 49-0. Great. Woo. Three done. Woo. Hot takes. 19. Okay. 2008
0: Alabama has lost six in a row coming into 2008 to Auburn. Ooh, not fun. But you know it is fun. Fear the watching finger. Glenn Coffee run all over Auburn's defense in a 36 to nothing shutout of Auburn. One of my favorite Iron Bowls for sure. My number two favorite Iron Bowl is 2009. The Cody five play, putting Terrence Cody in as an upback, putting Roy Upchurch in at running back. Roy Upchurch dialing Upchurch. his own number saying, give me the ball, play action pass, roll out, great championship drive, drive." excuse me. One of the few times that I ever really sat back and appreciated Greg McElroy for what he was in the moment. After he left Alabama, I appreciated him a little bit more. In that moment, that drive, I really understood what he meant to that team. He wasn't this great, awesome Brett Favre gunslinger. He was a game manager and he was a leader. He was a champion. And that's why I liked the 2009 Iron Bowl. I'm going to take one from your playbook, the 2014 Iron Bowl. Probably my favorite Iron Bowl just because of what it meant. I mean, it, it, was, it was the redemption after 2013. It was my last game as a student at Alabama. Uh, well, I thought it would be, but I ended up going to the SEC Championship. I got surprised with tickets. But anyway, it was my last game as a student, home game I'll say. Alabama up and down the entire game. Thought Blake Sims was going to get taken out for Jake Coker. Again, didn't happen. Blake Sims leads the team to a comeback. Uh, last two minutes of the fourth quarter, I just remember being so excited and so thankful for going to an awesome school like Alabama. So glad I did not go to Auburn, and I felt really, really sorry for everyone who made that mistake. Patrick, that's hot takes. That's it. We're done with hot takes. Let's close. Let's they're end cool. this. Patrick, not cool. keep this they're, momentum they're not going. What is your sound off this week?
1: My sound off. All right. We're two days away from Thanksgiving and uh, something that is very near and dear to my heart is Thanksgiving. And this will be the first Thanksgiving I spend with my family in the last four wow. years. Uh, one was because last year I was on my honeymoon. That's forgivable. But the la- the previous several years was because I worked at Best Buy. Oh, so I'm gonna get God. into something A little bit called Black <laughs> Friday. <laughs> you don't. Listen, it is the. Don't. It is the it is, the exact – we go from Thanksgiving, spending time to being happy with your family about what you have, to immediately being greedy as you can possibly be about what you don't have. And not to mention, they open at 5 p.m. on Thanksgiving now. It's not even Black Friday. It's on Thursday. It's what Gray is Thursday. What is that? What it's is, Thursday. That? What it's is Thursday. that? It's bullcrap. Seriously, no, because – You have not seen the worst of humanity until you've worked retail on Black Friday. People will rake you over the coals because they got there whenever they wanted and missed out on your iPad special. Okay, so the way they do it, at at least at Best Buy now, is they give tickets. And tickets, your doorbusters happen at different times. They have doorbusters at 5 o'clock on Saturday. They have doorbusters, or not Saturday, 5 o'clock on Thanksgiving. They have doorbusters at midnight on friday they have doorbusters at 5 a.m on friday and you're supposed to get out you're supposed to line up the guy this was me by the way at best buy because i was supposed to be the one that knew how to work with customers really well i'm a people person they had me wheeling along my cart talking and asking people what ticket would you like and the person would say i want the tv i want the samsung tv or i want the ipad mini well When you're the first in line, you'll get what you want, right? But when you show up, whenever you want to show up, it's fair to believe that you're not going to get your iPad mini, especially if you're not there during the doorbuster hours, at least before them. So then when you – I swear, this is reliving nightmares. Remember to breathe. So you you get far enough in the line that you've run out of iPad minis, right? Well, the person that got the iPad mini at the beginning, they got here five hours ago. They didn't eat Thanksgiving dinner, all right? You just got here. And you just got to the back of the line. Nope, sorry, we got rid of those an hour ago. You don't get your iPad mini. What? You're going to tell me it's my fault. The one saving grace of Black Friday was it was the one day a year where I got to be rude to the people that were rude to me all year long. I hate it. It is the most hypocritical thing that we preach to be happy about what you have and then immediately be greedy. But not only that, but now we've pushed it into the time where you're supposed to be thankful for what you have. Shut up, Duncan. That should be the name of this podcast. Duncan, up, Duncan
0: Duncan has been loud tonight. Duncan is wanted.
1: He's mad today. He's mad. He wants to be inside. He just barks at any sound he hears out there. I love him, though. He's a sweet dog. I'll post a picture for him.
0: Donkey, donkey, geez. Duncan's a good dog.
1: He's named Duncan after Tim Duncan. Well, just in case he need to I have a dog named easy after there. Tim Duncan.
0: Well, you pump the bricks. You're,
1: you're a little upset
0: about Black Friday. Let's just let's not take it out on the dog. Yeah, but Duncan's bringing I, me back down. Okay, I love my it. sound off today is about the NFL. I can't – this is going to be a short one. I'm not going to get too into it. I really can't stand the NFL, A, morally, and B, just entertainment value. I, I saw myself last night getting angry about the Patriots-Bills game. There was a whistle controversy. A play was whistled dead when it shouldn't have been, and it probably should have led to a touchdown for the Patriots. I'm not a Patriots fan, uh, but, you know, I, I – Bill Belichick, Nick Saban, that sort of thing. I will pull for them if they're on. I'm watching that game, and I find myself getting angry over the fact that they didn't score. And I kept telling myself, if if the Patriots lose this game by less than a touchdown, that is the worst thing I've ever seen. And then I thought to myself, you know what? It actually doesn't matter if they lose or not. I have no interest anymore in wins and losses in the NFL. And these people that go out and tell me, oh, well, it's more entertaining than college football. No, it's not. There's no way you can possibly argue that because <laughs> college football, every single game counts. Every single game counts, Patrick. And you can tell me, no, it doesn't because you can be a one- or 2 lost team and still make it into the playoff. But what's the conversation everyone's having about Alabama right now who's not an Alabama fan? They lost to Ole Miss. They shouldn't be in. And so that is my sound off. I can't stand the NFL – for what it stands for, the players that they keep in the league, and just based on the entertainment value, I get bored. Because no matter who wins or loses, it doesn't matter until early December, mid-December, going into January, and then the playoffs. It just doesn't matter.
1: I've, I hear you, man. I'm with you. I, I've become disenchanted with the NFL. Just The longer Greg Hardy stays on the field, Greg Hardy threw his girlfriend on a bed of guns and threatened to kill her and beat her while he did it. So... That dude is, still has a job. You do that at any other job in America, you lose your job. You go, you to, go jail to jail for a long time. But since time, he can yeah. pu- the pusher, pass, rass, rush the passer, he gets to stay in. Jeez, I'm all over the place. Let's call it a night. It's been a long day for both of us. Let's call it a night. Let's call it a night. Simmer down. Patrick. Simmer down. Uh, we have not talked give score me, predictions.
0: So give my me score prediction right now is 31-17 Alabama. I've got Alabama going up 14 or excuse me, Auburn going about 10 points up early, maybe. This is worst-case scenario. Maybe going 10 to 14 points up early and then not scoring again the rest of the game after Alabama buckles down. Uh, realistically, I see Alabama taking about a 17-point lead before Auburn scores, and the game never really gets that close. That's what I'm hoping for, so I'm going to say 31-17. Patrick, what is your score prediction?
1: I've got us 42-20. I've got Auburn getting... Early scores, early 10 points, and then garbage time, 10 points. And we win 42 I times. love it. I'll be there. I'll be there on the sideline. So make sure, like I said, social media. I'll be doing pictures. I'll be trying to get sound bites. I'll be up in Derrick Henry's face. While what, he stretches, what are you doing
0: for me. Thanksgiving? You're, you're going home, correct?
1: I'll,
0: That's what you yeah, should Yeah, I'll be say. driving
1: yeah. – uh, the hour and a half up the road to dothan then i gotta come back here for fry, for to work friday and then i'll drive to auburn so a lot of driving
0: enjoy it i hope it, you have a great a thanksgiving weekend. i will be here i'll be trying to cook my first thanksgiving meal, or assisting in cooking my first thanksgiving meal uh victoria will be here victoria sheehan uh i really really hope that she knows what she's doing because i have no idea so i may not have an apartment next week because so i might burn it down by accident but uh either Keep way faith. happy thanksgiving to everyone Happy Iron Bowl week. And be thankful for what you've got so you can we be with your family. told you, Baylor. Baylor. I hope you know what I even hope that Baylor has a good Thanksgiving. Oh, that's so sweet. Not Shut- Tennessee though. Not Tennessee. <laughs> not Tennessee. Roll All hard, right, everybody. Have a good week.
1: Peace out. Happy Thanksgiving.